Hey there, this is Kat Sansick with the Revenue Accelerator, and I have my guest today, Ryan Dowdy. Now, Ryan um, is cut from a different cloth, uh, and I like that. So she is a sales expert with 15 years of corporate career turned entrepreneur, right? So classic tale. (laughs) She's passionate about changing the perception around sales. Yes, empowering business owners and salespeople alike to create a true sales experience for their potential clients. I am going to give a big amen to that one, and I can speak firsthand to the fact that Ryan is not a bro marketer, and she's looking to change that narrative that I think a lot of women have experienced and people who aren't standing in their hyper-masculine, male and female alike. So Ryan, thank you for being a good human being. (laughs) I do my best every day, Kat. (laughs) So, you know, you, you were in corporate space, like how do you go from corporate space to sales expert? Like what's that narrative? Sure. So I actually started my sales career in the corporate space, right? So I actually started uh, my sales career literally out of college, uh, Mm. totally unintentionally. I thought that I would actually wind up working in like PR and advertising and quickly learned that PR and sales were very similar, except for when somebody said yes in sales, you got paid commission. (laughs) (laughs) The upside. Yes. (laughs) So um, I started selling radio advertising at the age of 21, uh, mm. climbed the, the sales ladder there, went from individual contributor to regional sales trainer, to national sales trainer, to channel sales manager, and eventually retired from the corporate world as the director of sales for a digital marketing agency. Um, have literally trained thousands of sales trucks in my career, had an awesome opportunity to work for a lot of startups where I got to travel um, and go into different markets and run forward like sales calls and train sales teams and build sales systems. And um, yeah, that's my background. So you live, breathe it. It's clearly part of your DNA. Um, so here's what I know. And I hear, you know, I've experienced this myself and I, I, I hope to God that you have to, <laughs> this is sound horrible, but there's a narrative that happens, you know, everyone hits a dry spell. Everyone hits, you know, here's one too many no's and they go, I suck at sales. Like I I'm the worst at this. I'm never going to succeed. This, this, this is the worst thing I could do. I'd rather go through water torture than get on another sales call. Or here's an indicator that you're thinking this when you breathe a sigh of relief, when a person cancels a sales call, you might not have a great relationship with sales. So like what, what's that about? And then what do you do to help people kind of change that narrative? Absolutely. So I think that that narrative, so why do we hate sales so much? Um, or why are we, we afraid? I think it's, we've all been sold to in a way that didn't feel good to us. Mm. And so we have that weird relationship, right? We're like, gosh, I never want to feel how that person made me feel. Or I never want to make somebody else feel that yes. way. Or remember that time that I was pressured or remember that. So I think some of our relationship with sales has to do with how we were sold or how sales was perceived. Hmm. Right? With the exception of the Will Smith, Will Smith movie, which I still can't remember the name of, um, where he goes from like homeless to like super successful. Pursuit of happiness. I make all my clients watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. so the only movie in which sales is depicted in a positive light. So right. let's start there, right? Any right. other movie you've ever watched about a salesperson, they're slimy, they're smarmy, they're gross, they're sleazy, they're cheating people out of things, they're stealing money. So like, it is no wonder that you are not broken if your relationship with sales feels a little meh. You've been programmed that way, right? So that's the first thing. The oh, second- so it's not our fault. <laughs> like, <laughs> finally, someone says it. <laughs> not our fault. You have been programmed to believe that sales is bad. Right. Um, and then how, what do we do with, you know, that space where you're like, yeah, I have, I don't, 
I, don't, I can't take another no, right? Like I can't take another sales call. Like I just can't. And for me, I think that is in that when you get in that headspace, the best thing to do is to walk away, like find whatever your happy place is, right? Like if it's going for a walk, going for a run, meditating, working out, exercising, playing with your kids, going yes. for a drink, taking your spouse on a date, like step away, right? Like this is one of those things when you have that feeling of like, ugh, this is awful. Like mm. banging your head against the wall is not going to fix it. So like move away, breathe, go to something else, give yourself a time limit. I like to, I'd like to set pity party time limits, right? If it's like, I'm going to feel like crap for an hour. I'm going to let myself be mad about this for 12, you know, for 12 hours. I'm going to get myself till I wake up tomorrow morning. Like however long it is that you decide I'm going to feel crappy about this and then feel crappy, then go do something that sets your heart on fire. Mm. And then remember why you do what you do. Mm. Right. That. Remember why you do what you do, because so I'm sure if you're, if you're listening to Kat, you are a purpose-driven, heartfelt human who feels very strongly about the work that you do and the impact that you make and the lives that you change. And you have to remember that me getting over my discomfort serves that person, mm. right? If I say small because I'm afraid of no, or because somebody's going to reject me or whatever, um, that person whoever that person is for you, does not get the transformation you provide. They don't get the privilege of knowing you. They don't get the honor of working with you. They don't get the honor of having that transformation. And to me, that's not fair. So I'm not going to be selfish and, you know, be mad and be sad and be angry because it's not going. I mean, how can I go serve? How can I go serve today? Um, and you're going to have to put that, how can I go serve hat on over and over and over again? And I think it's part of it too, Kat, is realizing that there's nothing wrong with you. Like I think mm. when that place, we're like, why does nobody else feel this way? why does it look like everybody on the internet is so successful and I can, just can't get there, right? Like you have to realize that you're being spoon-fed a narrative and it's not true. Yes. Well, and, and, and it's not just a societal narrative in terms of us being spoon-fed in terms of what we've experienced. Like we're also fighting money stories that we've experienced growing up. And like, let's just go into the whole like perfection facade, right? So like the Instagram, like no filter, no filter, wink, wink, right? Kind of thing that we've seen recently. And, you know, the Facebook facade and all this other stuff, like there's so much happening behind the scenes in terms of how someone portrays themselves and actually the path that they're walking in reality. And like, so what is that comparison monster? And what would be your advice for people who are shooting on themselves of like, I should be here. I should have done this. Like, uh, like whatever that is, mm-hmm. how do we start rectifying that, that experience with sales? So, I mean, I think, how do we get out of that comparison track cat? It's learning to cheer for others. Like one of the first things that I, I teach my students to do is to cheer for other people. So if you see somebody on social media, I don't care how, you know, how, uh, what sort of filtered, you know, their feed is yeah. it's you do you girl. Like, that's amazing. Congratulations. Like that's so exciting. Cause when we get into comparison, what that means is that we think because somebody else is having success, we cannot, right. Like mm. in the space of lack and scarcity. Yep. Yeah. Uh, whereas being like, you go girl, like I'm, I'm coming for you in a good way, in a competitive way. Like I'm, I'm going to catch up with you revenue wise. I'm going to catch up with you on my next launch. I'm going to catch up with you in, you know, number of clients served or your amazing online presence or learning to thank people, you know, again, it, internally, like, thank you for yes. being an example. 
you know, thank you for showing me what's possible. Thank you for putting yourself out there in a really powerful way. And when you can get to that space and it's going to take some time, but where you are cheering people on and you are thanking them for sharing and all those different things, it's going to change that entire comparison trap because you're no longer saying why does she or he have something that I don't, mm. we're saying, you know, we, we, there's enough for all of us. So I think we really have to make that shift first. Um, and then we do just have to remind ourselves that think through your newsfeed, right? Like what you share as a content creator, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, however you define yourself, you know, what does, what sort of content do you share? Do you share the crappy stuff in your days? And if you do like game on, but if you don't, that's okay. Like you are not, I don't believe in that. Like you have to, you have to air your dirty laundry if you don't feel comfortable airing your dirty laundry, but then you also just have to admit that, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not airing my dirty laundry, which means these people probably are. Right. No, exactly. So what do you like? I love that in terms of celebrating other people and looking at it as this is opportunity, not a threat. Um, I think there's a lot of socialization that's happened, especially with women in terms of muting yourself and, you know, being humble when it comes to bragging and things like that. So what are the things that you see successful people who are service providers, who are in, in, in the spirit of creating a positive impact in the human race versus just trying to see how much money they can grab and how many Lambos they can, you know, stack up in their driveway. So like, what are those successful sales habits that people have? Um, and, and what piece of that might be related to mindset? Sure. Well, there's not one piece. (laughs) (laughs) So for the next three hours, we are going to be digesting. (laughs) we need to do for now. So the, the first, so sales habits first and foremost, I think start from making sales part of your day-to-day like business operations, right? I always say that so many people get really hung up on, you know, creating uh, SOPs or standard operating procedures for their business and they forget their sales SOPs. Yeah. Right? Like there's like, how do I onboard a client? What does this look like? And what's this automation? And I see like people all up and like automating a 30 day, whatever. And it's like, okay, let's talk about revenue driving activity. So, you know, number one sales habit of successful businesses is that it's a daily thing, right? It's not a weekly thing. It's not on occasion thing. It's not when I get around to it. It's finding the daily habits that you, um, you know, that you take action on every single day. And that could be a million different things, right? It could be reaching out to 10 new people. It could be engaging, uh, you know, with 25 people, it could be having a list of, you know, your dream 100 and engaging with 10 of them every day, whatever that looks like, but making sure we're doing something every single day that continually moves us towards, um, towards revenue. Right. And it could be sending an email to your list. It could be, you know, visibility stuff. There's a million different ways, but making sure that we focus on that every day. Um, so that's kind of, I think that the habits of successful, the sales habits of successful people are making sure that it gets done every day. And I think the mindset aspect of that cap becomes, you know, the, the whole, like, I'll get to it tomorrow. Like I'll do it tomorrow. This is really important. I can't do that until I do this. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I got to get this, this I dotted and this T crossed before I take on any new clients or, you know, whatever story you have told yourself as to why sales and activity is not mission critical today. Like that's the mindset. We've got to rewire that story that revenue generation takes, uh, it takes priority. Um, not in the aspect of like must spend hours and hours and hours, right. We're not, we're not like right. approaching burnout. We're like, I don't care if your your sales habit, your sales procedures take 30 to 30 to 60 minutes a day. They just have to be done every day. And whatever story you're telling yourself about why that's not important. That's the story we need to unwind. 
Right. I mean, and it's the, I mean, it falls perfectly in alignment with, you know, the Pareto principle, which is that 80 in essentially the 80, 20 rule, which is like 20% of your activities is going to produce 80% of your revenues. And if you think about taking that down to what are those 20% of activities, what are really the ones that are actually that much more powerful, how you can basically turn like a 1% effort into, you know, 99% of your revenue kind of um, things. But there's, it's interesting how often we self-sabotage, how often laundry all of a sudden needs to be folded right now, because because cannot wait um, and those kind of things. So if we take this and, you know, start going to that next level. So we're talking about like the CEO. So you're going from, I'm driving all the sales and revenues to now I'm the sales leader. What are you seeing the things kind of people stumbling on as they're working through that transition? Mm-hmm. The number one is like, I can do it better myself. That's the biggest stumbling Pause for impact because I think everybody <laughs> needs a moment there to be like, I resemble that statement. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is you can do it better yourself. Yeah. Like that's, that's not a lie. Right. It's just, it's, you get to decide like how long you want to be the best at everything in your business or when you're going to start to find other people who can be the best. Right. right? It's because, and the reason you're the best is a couple of reasons. One practice, right. You, you've done it, you know, two, this is your baby. You know, when it's your baby and you've built it and you've nurtured it and you've loved it, you're going to sell it better than anyone else. But the truth of the matter is, if we take pure law of averages, the amount of time that you have to actually actively be in sales conversations, you know, versus a person who's going to close at a lower ratio than you, you're still likely to still win the revenue game um, just because of pure at that, right? Right. Yeah. And it's taking you away from your role, which is the visionary, right? The leader. So, I mean, for me, like it's, it's that, that biggest stumbling block is I can do it better myself. And the answer to the question is yes, of course you can. But the truth of the matter is you have to decide, put your visionary hat on, be like, where am I going? Right. Am I, am I good with where I'm at? Am I good with being the bottleneck in my business? Am I good with our revenue levels where they are today? Or am I going to have to deal with somebody not closing at the same percentage I do, somebody not generating the same number of opportunities for a little while so that we can take that massive step, right? Um, and so it's, I guess it's like, I think people think that something has gone wrong when they're trying to go into sales later. And like, this person is not great. It's like, yeah, you weren't great at the beginning either. You just can't remember that. You have like selective memory. Right. It's like having babies, right? We're like, yeah, it's amazing. And then we have a lot of like, oh my God. <laughs> so good. <laughs> The problem is, is with the second one, you're like, I totally did this to myself this time. <laughs> right. But it's the same thing. Like we forget that we were bad at the beginning too, right? Like you, there, you've got a lot of no's. You stumbled through sales conversations. You got objections. You didn't know how to answer. You put your foot in your mouth. You said ridiculous things in your sales conversations. And that this person will as well. The good news is, is they have you as their leader, as their mentor, as their coach, as their cheerleader, as their person who's walked ahead. So they're going to get through that, that, ugh part faster, but it's still going to exist. There's no getting around it. Right. Right. So what do you think? Cause you know, there's, you know, especially with the, I know these statistics for women, you know, 10% of women business owners have crossed the six figure mark and only 2% of women have crossed the seven. And let's not stop talk about like the rarity of a woman crossing the eight and multiple, right. In terms of, you know, revenues during your business. What are you seeing, you know, specifically related to sales as the block that's preventing women from getting to that, or even entrepreneurs, right, to that next level, Um, you know, going from, you know, six to multiple six figures over to seven figures and into the eight? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
The biggest mindset block as it relates to sales is the bottleneck issue that we see on the journey from six to seven. It's usually the last thing that people get off their plate. Whereas we would argue, I would argue that like, it should be like the third or fourth thing Mm -hmm. that goes, um, as far as, you know, outsourcing and growth and delegation and team building for a lot of people, it winds up being the last thing that comes off their plate. So I think that, that what keeps us there is yeah, the need to, to maintain control, the need to do it all. The belief that like my clients are only going to buy from me, Mm -hmm. right. My belief that like, I'm the only one who can really, you know, value prop people buy because they love me. Um, is I think when I see a lot as well is that people aren't going to want to buy if they talk to a salesperson, people don't want to talk to salespeople. I hear that one a lot, but I'm like, if we're really honest with ourselves, like when was the last time you bought something from a business owner? Right. Right. Like most, most businesses have sales teams, right. As entrepreneurs, you know, we, we happen to wear that hat, but like most of the time when you walk into a business or you buy something or you buy insurance or, you know, anything Mm -hmm. like that, you buy a car, like you're not talking to the business owner, but we have this like false conception of people, people are really going to want to talk to me because I'm the one, you know, I I'm the brains in this operation. And honestly, that's yes, of course you are the brains of the operation, but they don't really need the brains of the operation. They just need to believe they can get the result that they want. So I just see a lot of those things. Like we refuse to let go. We don't want to outsource. Or like I said, there's just this false narrative that like, it's just not going to work if I, it's not, no one's yeah. going to want to buy from other people. And so then we wind up, you know, again, hesitating and waiting. Um, and then I do think a very large, a large part of the journey from six to seven figures where a lot of people get, I think, burned out is in that space of, what am I trying to say here? Like, it, it really is a matter of like that mindset and that belief, right? Like it goes so much into when we say things like only 2% of female businesses get to seven figures, we all of a sudden have this identity crisis of like, who am I to be in that top two? Am I really in the top 2%? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. There's only 2%. So obviously there's not room for me. Right. Or, you know, I'm not, what I do isn't revolutionary or it isn't super special or it isn't, you know, whatever. So I don't belong in that 2%, right? Like when you say successful businesses, we automatically go to like, you know, technology and like all sorts of crazy stuff, right? We forget that, you know, it doesn't matter. Like that stat isn't like what kind of business you have. Um, and the stats are actually more women have service-based businesses than any other kind of business. Um, so the women making it to seven figures are in service-based businesses, but we just have, we give ourselves all these excuses and these reasons, Kat, why that's not for me. So what would make sales easier, right? Cause you know, there's, I, I know, I know plenty of people and I know you do too, of like, we can hustle our way to whatever it is the revenue target is, but the goal isn't hustling and grinding and just taking away from other aspects of our lives in order to give to the business to create this revenue, right? This whole thing is to create a life and a business that supports us, not the other way around. So there is this concept of ease and flow. And, you know, as someone is learning the skill sets of being better salesmanship, right? What would help with making the whole process easier, not like easy. I'm sitting on the you know couch and not doing anything, but just being in that flow state. So for me, it's about service. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's what makes sales easy for me is that I like, we teach frameworks and structure and stuff like that, but I, I show up and I coach my team to show up in service. 
how do I serve this person today? How do I serve new people today? How do I find somebody to serve today? And when we focus on service, that's where I think we get into that flow state, right? When that's mm-hmm. when it's like, I'm not here to sell something. I know that by serving, I will sell something, right? So instead of I'm going to sit down and, you know, try to find 20 people to sell to today, it's I'm going to sit down and I'm going to find 20 people to build a relationship with today or to serve today or to connect with today or to say something positive to today, right? So really focusing on, you know, the idea of service connections and relationships. Yes. And when we focus on service connection and relationship, sales is a natural byproduct of that. Right. Beautiful. And, and, and I think you would agree with this too. And I'm sure you have the same philosophy of when that foundational skill set is starting to get to a place of moving itself towards mastery is when the automation, the technology starts playing a more effective role. Whereas we've seen you always being one something away from whatever it is you're trying to do, selling and peddling these technologies that try to replace a skill set that hasn't been developed fully yet. And I've seen seven figure business owners still needing to develop some of these skill sets because they don't have that real connection yet because there's an evolution of your clients as you're scaling and growing. Yes, totally agree. And I think that, and a lot of times I actually just recently worked with a client who like their success was primarily through referrals. Like they got a handful of referrals and so, yeah, they made it to, you know, seven, multiple seven figures. And they're like, no, we don't actually have like a foundational sales process in our business. And it almost then becomes a place of like shame and embarrassment at that point. Cause they're like, we don't want to admit we don't know what we're doing. Right. Um, and I would, I think it's safe to say that at every level in our business, we don't know what we're doing, right? <laughs> every time we hit a new level and a new challenge and a new opportunity for growth and scale and all those other things, we're beginners, right? Like in the beginning of your business, you're a beginner at being a business, right? You make it to six figures, you're a beginner at running a six-figure business, right? You make it to multiple six, you're a beginner at that. You're a beginner at seven. Every you know million you add, you're a beginner at that level. And I think if we would just give ourselves that grace of every step, you know, every time we hit a new step, that's the first time we've been on that step. Yeah. I love, I love that creating that space and grace. Cause I think there's a lot of people who, and I tend to attract these as well is, is they're, they're go-getters. They're driven. They're ambitious. I don't know how many people describe their, their ideal client that way. And I'm like, okay, fine, but let's get a little more specific. And that's in that doer energy that give me a plan, give me a directive, give me a blueprint and I'll get it done. But there is this being energy, this, what are you willing to receive? And I loved what you were sharing about earlier in terms of, I know just by serving, like the sales will be made. And so it's that complete unattachment, which is where I think a lot of people fail when it comes to sales. It's they set an attention but then they're attached to the outcome. And so they're hyper-focused on the dollar amount versus where you're coming from, which is hyper-focused on service, which is a different S, right? That really does produce that revenue. Um, it's, it's just the, it's that act of faith almost and trusting yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's a hundred percent what it is. And I know that that's hard. Like I will tell you as like a, if somebody coming from the corporate world where the idea of like being energy and feminine energy and receiving is extremely new to, even to me, my yeah. word for 2022 is receive for the record. <laughs> Cause that's, that's all new energy for me too. Like, yeah. you know, I, I argue that I probably made it to the seven figure mark with a whole lot of hustle. And if I wasn't hustling, I was paying somebody else to hustle for me. So, right. um, you know, being in that receiving energy and, and detaching from the outcome, I found when you are truly operating in 
you know, in, in your true purpose in, in your, you know, zone of genius, that, that did not make sense to me, Kat, that, that being, that receiving, that being detached from the outcome, because until I really found my zone of genius. So for, if you're feeling, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are these two ladies talking about? Oh, do they better know if we're, if they're listening to this. <laughs> Either way. Well, if you're listening to Kat, you should know, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're like, I've never felt that, like, how do I detach? Mm. Ask yourself, like, where are you, what are you, what space are you operating from? Yes. And it comes back to exactly what you're saying, which is that place of service. When you connect to that energy, your why, if you will, of what's, what's the point of all this, it's not necessarily right. We talk about revenue because that's what attracts people in terms of starting the conversation, but it comes down to impact. And so what is that impact you're trying to have? And then that's the reason you reach out. That's the reason you call someone. Oh, right. Yes. You pick up the phone and call someone. That's the reason why you send that connection request or whatever it is. And I really, really love that all of this really comes down to just being human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's all about human to human connection. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't want you to believe that. There's a lot of people out there that are telling you it's something different. Um, and I'm not saying anything of those things don't work, right? There's plenty of bro marketers who are genuinely, you know, making money, doing what they do. But at the end of the day, like, are their clients happy? Are they fulfilled? Right. Those are the questions you have to ask. So yeah, they're making money using all that automation and all those tools and all those different things, but are their clients happy? Are they fulfilled? You know, are, are they doing that? And then you have to ask yourself, is that what you want? Like, I was just telling Kat before we hit record, like I'm reevaluating some of my goals and what I thought I wanted 12 months ago um, is not exactly what I wanted in, in a smaller scale, right? Like I, I feel like I'm taking a step back in some of the goals and the vision that I created um, initially because I realized that like, hey, in this season of life, I, I, this is what I want to do. Um, and I think that sometimes too, Kat, we have to give ourselves permission to say that, right? To be like in this season right now, however long this season is, this is what I want and that I reserve the right to change my mind. There we go. Like no one's judging you other than yourself. And there's just this, this external thing that we think we're like, we're always judging ourselves to the person that we could become, but when we're always doing that, we're always falling short or we're comparing again, the comparison monster to someone else. And it's really just about being present and being in the moment and enjoying the process, which my husband has told me, and I always roll my eyes at him, but I'm always like rolling because he's right. (laughs) And there is a a truth to that. If you're not enjoying the process, then are you really even being successful? And what I always like to say is, you know, success is really a measure of your ability to master time. And if you're not mastering your time and spending it the way that you want and generating the revenue that allows you to do that, then are you really even successful by, you know, standard, your, your society, maybe not even society standard because society is all about money, but your standard, what is your standard of success and measuring against that? Yeah. That like mic drop at this point in the game, like what, what is success? I I recently had a conversation with a a girlfriend of mine who I used to work with a million years ago. And she just recently did a TEDx talk around, I can't remember the name of the TEDx talk, but what I, I walked away from, she's like, there's two things that um, we we tend to chase as women and it's called normal and perfect. Um, And she said, and and the reason I say we're chasing them is because you can't catch them. It's a moving target. She's like, success is a moving target and your level of six, like everybody's definition is different, but we all feel like we're chasing the same brass Mm -hmm. ring, but it looks totally different to everyone. 
And then we're like, oh gosh, her success looks different than my success. Should my success look like her success? Instead of being like, you go girl, like I like my success. You look good in yours. Instead we're like, wait, should I want that? Like that's our default. It's crazy town. Oh my gosh. I love that. I mean, and it does, it's a knee-jerk reaction to reassess your own internal truth. And I love having that clarity and that, that concreteness of what that success looks like and being one unapologetic, as I know you are in terms of achieving that, but two, continuing to be in alignment with your own truth. Um, Ryan, you've been like amazing. And I know there's so much more that you provide your clients and your community. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us on social media at Ryan Dowdy official. Um, so it's Ryan with two ends at Ryan Dowdy official. I'm also a very avid networker. I love to connect with new people. So please don't ever hesitate to send a friend request on Facebook to reach out to me on, um, on LinkedIn and yeah, I just thank you, Kat, for the opportunity and an honest conversation. Of course. And I know Ryan's always sharing stuff. So make sure you're connecting because there's always value bombs that are going off every single day on her profiles. (laughs) Um, And any parting words, things that you want to share with the audience and the listeners today? Absolutely. So I would say my parting words based on kind of the past 12 months of my life and the, the journey I have been on is, you know, at the end of the day, the only person that you've answered to is, you know, yourself and your higher power, whatever that is for you. Um, and, and really owning that because I think it's as women and even the drama we have around sales and the drama we have around business growth is so much based upon external sources. And if we really just looked internally at ourselves and our creator and how we were created and what we were created to do, um, that, you know, I'd say 90% of our drama would go away and we'd be a, a heck of a lot more successful. So like just really being honest and, and candid with yourself around, you know, what you want, because then when you stand in that power, there's, you know, you're not afraid to send that message, reach out to that person, do that follow-up, write that post, do those things, those income producing activities that Kat and I always talk about, because when you really are in alignment, none of that feels scary. Oh, just amen and mic drop on that. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Kat.